Hello and welcome to Poor Unfortunate Roles, where those of us at Geekway play Monster of the Week. My name is Aspen, I use they them pronouns, and I will be your keeper, which is the Game Master in Monster of the Week. Here at Geekwave, I am a member of the video team. I've worked as an editor and appeared on various podcasts, which now includes this one. Before we begin, let's go around the table and introduce the players. We're hunters for this episode. Please say your name, pronouns if you'd like to share, and your role here at Geekwave, or plug a project that you're working on, maybe your Instagram shop or your commissions or something like that, whatever you'd be comfortable with. Um, yeah, let's go around. Let's start with you. Yeah. Um, so I'm Jackson, those that have listen to podcasts, I'm usually, or at least Geekwave podcasts, I'm usually on all of them. Um, I am Geekwave director, I do some of the writing as well. Um, stuff to shout out is mostly Geekwave stuff. Um, I'm working on my Capstone game development project, uh, so nice. keep an eye out for that at the end of the year. But yeah, and I use he, him pronouns. Cool. Thank you. My name is Caitlin, I am a writer at Geekwave, I use um, she, her pronouns. And I do some podcasts occasionally, and I'm excited to get started. Hi, my name is Portia. I'm new to Geekwave. Um, I am just an independent artist, living every day the best I can. You can find me on Instagram at Portia underscore J on most social media platforms. Um, and today I'm going to play Maze, and my pronouns are she, her. Cool. Thank you all. Now that everyone has introduced themselves, I, Aspen from the future, would like to take a quick moment to say a few thank yous. We recorded this session as sort of an episode zero. Not really sure if we would release it, but we still wanted to do a test run to figure out microphones and such. Even given the hiccups, we all had a blast. The players have assured me of that, and the session turned into quite a charming little adventure. So we decided to share with you all, and I'd like to thank everyone who made this episode possible. First, I'd like to thank the hunters who you just met. Without them, there wouldn't have been a session, so thanks for trusting me as your keeper. I'd like to thank Michael Sands, the creator of the Monster of the Week system we are playing. It's a great tabletop RPG, very easy to learn, easy to teach, and a lot of fun to play. Next, I'd like to thank the various graphic designers and artists who helped put together the visuals you are looking at and made this all feel very official. Thank you, Edwin, for the fantastic logo design. Thank you, Sarah, for the variation of the logo, which will change for each episode with a new monster silhouette based on the creature the hunters face. Thank you, Ava, for the beautiful video layout. And thank you, Portia, for the wonderful character designs, which will be fully revealed as they are introduced. Lastly, I'd like to give a personal thank you to my fruit salad of online friends. It's mentioned in the episode, but we recorded on September 22nd which happens to be both Bilbo and Frodo's birthdays, but also the date when I came out to my parents three years ago. My friends are the ones who helped me get from where I was then to where I am now, and I couldn't have done any of this without them. Love you all. And with that, I'll pass it back to Aspen in the past for the rest of the episode. Thank you for listening. So let's go ahead and dive into the session zero and session one of the show. And here's what that means. A session zero is a chance for the keeper and hunters to get together, learn the rules, and make their characters. While the session one is where we dive into actual play and see where the story takes us. For the listeners joining us, we are a mix of experienced and new players. I myself have been a dungeon master of various Dungeons & Dragons, 5th edition games, however this is my first time as keeper of a Monster of the Week game. Some of our hunters have played Monster of the Week or other tabletop role-playing games before, while others have not. So, we are all in this learning experience together. And whether you are a well-traveled listener or brand new in this with us, don't worry, I hope to make this as painless as possible. 
and also a good learning experience for those who hope to play Monster of the Week for themselves. So let's try to do just that. Let's begin with a general overview of the setting and rules. Just enough to get us started and the rest we will learn along the way together. Does that sound good to everyone? Sounds, Sounds great. great. Cool. Great, let's, get, let's start with the setting then. Our setting is our modern world. However, fantasy exists. Fantasy species and creatures roam the earth. Geography is similar but teeming with magic. And what we call the extra normal exists without question. If you were to travel to the Grand Canyon, you might see a giant flying red dragon, much like Dinral in Breath of the Wild. If you were to travel to the Great Dismal Swamp, you might find a sentient interconnected root system of trees, much like an avatar of the last airbender. If you hear screaming from your neighbor's house in the middle of the night, they could very well be possessed by a ghost. Tally. <laughs> and that is where you come in. You are all monster hunters who work for WaveCo, which, thanks to Stefan for coming up with the acronym, uh, stands for Weapons Against Violent Extra Normals. Who is supposed to investigate the screaming in the night and possible possession? You are. That is your job. Since that is your job, this game and show will have mild fantasy horror, violence, and gore. However, I don't tend to be too heavy with my descriptions or villains or monsters, so it's fairly safe, but also keep that in mind. In this game, since our setting is the modern world, you may make up a character to play or you may play as yourself, but with special monster hunting abilities. I'm also saying you can play as yourself because I know some of us are new to this, so role-playing it might be easier or harder to play a character or as yourself. Um, either is a good option. Regardless of what you choose, there are various player handbooks, which you've already kind of looked through, and they are basically character archetypes that you choose from to create your character. As for what your character looks like, if they are human, a fantasy species, their name, how they act, etc., all of that is up to you. We will go over the player handbooks in just a moment, but first, we'll go over the basic rules and general flow of the game. Are there any questions so far? No. Feeling content. All right. So here's how the game works. Most role-playing games, including Monster of the Week, are a collaborative storytelling experience. I, as the keeper, set up a scene or scenario, then you, as the hunters, react to that scene. For example, I might set up a scene by describing you are all traveling in a heavily fog, wooded area in which you are lost in. Then you might react to the scene by saying, I'd like to climb a tree to perhaps break the overgrowth and gain a bearing on where we are or I'd like to survey the surrounding area for game trails or tracks that might lead us toward water or civilization. Based on what you would like to do, I then ask you to make a dice roll. The result of the dice roll will tell me whether you succeed or fail at what you are trying to achieve. Then I will reset the scene based on what happens, and the cycle continues. I set up a scene, you react, I ask for a dice roll, and then based on the result, I set up a new scene. And through that, we tell a story together. Now, Specifically for Monster of the Week, here's how the dice rolls work. It is a 2d6 system, which means we use two six-sided dice and add them together. Your rolls can then be a, as low as a total of two with snake eyes or as high as a total of 12 with double sixes. Easy math, hopefully. I struggle in heat of the moment yeah. many times, and so <laughs> I say it's easy. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> but hopefully a little bit simpler just because they're nice six-sided dice. Um, if you roll a total of 10 or higher, you succeed at what you were trying to do. If you roll a total of seven, eight, or nine, you get what is called a mixed success, which means you get part of what you wanted, but it's either not as effective as you might have hoped, or you'll perhaps gain some unintended consequences for your choice, or you might put yourself into danger or harm's way and have a price to pay. I will propose these options to you, and you get to choose the outcome that you prefer. However, if you roll a six or lower, then your hunter fails and something will go wrong. This is a chance for me as the keeper to heighten the stakes and keep the conflict going. 
As hunters, you have stats that are called ratings, um, and they're mostly on the second page of the player handbooks. Um, but these ratings determine how good or bad you are at certain tasks. These ratings are added to or subtracted from your dice rolls. The ratings range from a negative one to a plus three. Negative one is bad, zero is average, plus one is good, plus two is really good, plus three is phenomenal. You each have five ratings. Cool is how calm and collected you are. Tough is how strong and mean you are in a fight. Charm is how pleasant and persuasive you are. Sharp is how observant you are. And weird, which is how attuned to the supernatural you are. Based on what your hunter is trying to achieve in a scene, I will ask you to make a roll and add a specific rating based on the task. Which rating you use is based on which hunter move I ask you to make. If you look at the reference sheet, it shows the various hunter moves. Um, they are called act under pressure, help out, investigate a mystery, kick some ass, manipulate someone, protect someone, read a bad situation, and use magic. Which in our world could also use, mean use advanced technology. So like, modern day technology exists, but in terms of like more sci-fi level stuff, that's what you we would call magic, essentially. Um, I'll describe all those rules in more detail when they become relevant, when we get to that point of making a certain role. But for now, the reference sheet should help just have a basic there before you. That's a big info dump. Are there any questions? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm good. No, I think we're good. Okay. Yeah. All right. Then let's start actual fun by creating the characters. I believe some of you have already chosen handbooks. Are we all at that point? Yes. Yeah. Cool. Then let's go ahead and do a little bit more of a character introduction. Go ahead and say maybe your character's name, pronouns, general description, vibe you're going for, what they look like, etc., and what playbook you actually chose. Uh, let's go with the same order. Yeah. Um, so I chose the professional, which is someone that does monster hunting for their day job. And of course, when I think of a professional monster hunter, I think of Geralt from The Witcher. Um, so that's kind of the, the vibe that I'm going for, he and pronouns, a little bit not very well kept together, but knows what he's doing and also not fun to talk to. More akin to, I feel like I'm gonna get into a little bit of a nerd stuff, but sure. <laughs> more akin to the books where okay. like, when you talk to him, he's not a good dude. Yeah. He does his job, <laughs> gets paid for it. Yeah. Whereas with maybe some of the more uh, games, you can choose to do that. But, yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay, my character's name is Wilder. She uses she, her pronouns, and her archetype, I don't know, mm -hmm. but yeah, is the spooky. She is 20 years old, and because of weird things that go on in her life, she struggles to hold down a job, and decided <laughs> that monster hunting would probably fit her skills best. Nice. Let's actually it's jump, too jump back real fast because I really said Geralt, but you haven't given your Sorry, character. Sorry, yes. Gerald is the name. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I'm also realizing this is very similar to Geralt and Siri. Uh, <laughs> really nice. We're, we're already figuring this out really well. Right, very nice, very nice. Jumping back, Glenn. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I will be playing Archetype Crooked. Uh, my character's name is Maze. They, uh, they will be using she, they pronouns. Uh, they're very, like, this person is probably a really good embodiment of punk, lots of piercings, has raccoon hair, like lots of layers, suit, like was part of the scene like movement in high school, and she never kind of grew out of it. Oh yeah. Uh, beat up Converse, um, just 
living life. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, have you all gotten a chance to select uh, the ratings bar that you would like? Yes. Okay, go ahead and just circle that in with your pencil of the stats you'd like to choose. <laughs> Most of them, like the professional, I think always gets a plus two in cool because. And it looks up. Oh, I was going to say a plus one in sharp. That's okay. the majority, but not all. Majority, but not yeah. all. So, like, generally, you're playing the professional, you're used to monster hunting. You're able to keep calm and collected under pressure. Whereas the spooky, I believe, weird is always like a plus two or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure about the crooked. Is it more charm or cool that you get? Uh, charm. Charm? Yeah. Cool. So, each of you will have different strengths and stuff based on the ratings you chose. Um, what about the the moves? Or like, each of you have different specific things that are attributed to yours. Oh. Like, for the crooked, you have a background of what was your criminal background? No, what, what, where'd you come from? Um, I think Spooky actually just goes straight to moves. Um, yeah, we go straight to because you kind of get to decide a little bit more. It's a little more freeform of. I'm just a spooky child. Yeah. <laughs> what about yours, Jackson, for Gerald? Uh, Gerald. Gerald. Gerald, sorry. Yeah, that's a I've got soft the, G. Yeah. <laughs> Gerald. What was your question? I'm sorry. Um, what is after choosing ratings on your sheet? Yeah, so I've a little bit of a discussion about the agency. Okay. Um, in which I get to choose kind of what they are. Mm -hmm. um, which, because we're kind of doing the vibe of Waveco, this could either be your previous employment or it could be defining Waveco. And because you are the professional, I'll probably say that you're kind of the task leader, the head of this group. Okay, shit. No, no, no pressure on that. Like, it's still like a group thing. But uh, right, yeah. you're the one that will probably get the call from your boss, which right. is actually me. I'm going to be playing your boss. Um, I will say also, underneath agency is uh, resources and then red tape. Okay. Yeah, red tape is going to be like things that your organization, the agency, doesn't like you to do, or gotcha. things okay. like that. Cool. And then you're you've got extra gears and resources because you do have this whole organization behind you. Yeah. So we can take a quick little moment, let you read through those options, see what you might like to choose. Some of them are self-explanatory. If you have questions, I can help explain. Um, what does budget cuts mean? <laughs> <laughs> that was mean. The organization just went through some heavy firing. You know, we everyone's okay, been yeah. calling in sick recently, and they don't want a <laughs> little bit of a above board. <laughs> Just kidding. I feel that feels very close to home. So, okay. Um, nice. <laughs> Sorry, Ava, Sarah, and Morris, but you might be fired from Geekwave. It's not my fault. You're right. And basically, up until the introduction section is unique things that you can choose through. Cool. And we don't necessarily have to do all of it. These can be easy quick decisions because it can be adjusted between each game mm -hmm. if you like the vibe of it you can keep it but if something doesn't feel right you want to kind of change your character yeah. it'll be a little bit free form because this is kind of a looser not a strict campaign yeah. same character same players yeah. every time I, I think you mentioned this at the beginning but also characters will be rotating out mm -hmm. in terms of like sometimes i might have something going on sarah pops in ava pops in mm -hmm. other members of geekwave and stuff so yeah. yeah hopefully we'll be able to rotate to get a wider cast to kind mm -hmm. of keep the game going um, for the dark side, do you want me to tell you which three I pick so that you could yeah. yeah, because that comes into play when you use like your luck points and things like that. When you fail, I get to tap into <laughs> your dark side and play with that a little well, bit. Well, I have none. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pure. No. Um, what is heat? 
Keith, you didn't get here without making enemies. We got at least two. Bees and they and the people you involved. Okay, that's kind of freeform open prompt. You get to choose. Um, yeah. You've had a past life as a criminal. Is there checking you? A mob <laughs> boss that you stole money from as Jason Do you perhaps have an orphanage that you send money to every once in a while because that's who helped raise you, helped get you off the streets. Whatever those prompts kind of okay. give you, you can kind of define your character a bit. Here you go. Is your, uh, your dark side? Yeah, it's my dark side. I'll, leave, I'll keep these secret uh, <laughs> DM for, or keeper purposes. Oh, lovely. I love some of these. Uh, <laughs> I think that's a good side. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, I did say I was going to keep things fairly lighthearted and not super horror, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. I also I'm, have a tendency to kind of dive into it. So I'm about to say, I'm down for yeah. horror. I'll keep it, oh, yeah. my descriptions a little bit light, just for maybe some of the, some of the viewers sure out there. pretty sure we marked a lot of our stuff as explicit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, literally one of the moves that you have is called kick some ass. Right. So we've already passed the I, no swearing <laughs> content warning. So um, I'll kind of just keep vamping a little bit of a couple other things. We aren't going to worry about the history section. That kind of gives you inter-party connections between hunters. But again, because it's a rotating cast, for this first session, we just won't worry about it. Um, and we also aren't going to worry about leveling up our improvements. I kind of said that before, but won't worry about those because, again, rotating cast. I just want to keep everyone same level playing field each session. Um, real quick, for the bottle it up um, <laughs> skill, um, where you get three bonus when you act under pressure, when you use one, the keeper holds one, is, are you the keeper? I'm the keeper, Okay, yes. gotcha. Mm -hmm. um, which one are you looking at, Jackson? Bottle it. Oh, that's one of the choices you have for the moves, I moves, see. Moves, yes. If you want, you can take up to plus three bonus when you act under pressure. For each plus one you use, the keeper holds one. Okay, so that's a good thing that I can explain. A hold is either a good or a bad thing, depending if I have it or if you have it. If you hold it, I can try to use it and depending on a dice roll doesn't get used? Is that Opposite. Oh. So if you have a hold, you get to ask me a question or like let's look at investigate a mystery. When you try to investigate a mystery, this is one of the basic hunter moves that all of you have. If you roll high enough, you get a hold and get to ask me a question based on that hold. You're cashing in the hold that you have to gain information about the mystery. Interesting. But because in this ability that you're reading on from the professional, I keep it, and because you chose to have a plus three or a plus two to your bonus on one roll, you really wanted to succeed at. Yeah. I then can punish you later a bit using that hold against you. I like that. Mislead okay. you a bit, send you down a red herring. Cool. Maybe take something away from you. Who knows? Uh, I marked it down. So. Cool. That's all we found. Do you want me to do premonitions for one of my moves? Because I know that that because that's just like at the start of a mystery. I, oh right. You have to tell me like a weird. Vision. Yeah, let's look at the. So go ahead and roll 2d6 and add your weird. Oh, you know. Okay. I mean, yeah, might as well, right? Oh, okay. Ooh, that's oh, yeah. so satisfying. Yeah. Uh, that is going to be an 11. An 11, that is a full success. Yay, and successful. on that, you get a detailed vision of something bad that is yet to happen. Okay. This is a chance for a DM whisper. Thing. I'll come around to you. Okay. Um, oh, that's how that works. Yeah. yeah. A little bit of a secret. <laughs> <laughs> the whispering is very 
Waiting for the Because at first I was like, oh, because I'm going through the, uh, the gear right now, uh, right? the painting, messy, far, loud. Yeah. Do I want to be one of those people that just rolls in super loud, ruins everything? <laughs> oh, exactly. yeah. And I've also heard from other people that's played Dungeons and Dragons that people who tend to be on that more rambunctious side are just yeah. not fun to play. <laughs> oh my gosh. Because they just take over. Kind yeah. of. So yeah. there's a balance. Yeah. yeah like Because this is a team game, we're all playing it together. None of us are the main character, we're all yeah. the main character kind of thing. That's true, you've got to balance it a bit of like, take action, uh, looking at the hunter agenda, your first agenda goal is to act like you are the hero, because you are. Right. And so, take heroic moments, take charge of situations, but also leave room for everyone to kind of have their time in the spotlight. So, it's that fine to helpful. be the push the button kind of I know, character. I also <laughs> don't want to be that person where sure. it's like, well, okay, I'm gonna go with my grenade launcher, yeah. blow the thing up, and yeah. then like super over. <laughs> it's just improv rules, yeah. yes, and exactly. don't overshadow somebody in their moment. And besides, you may say you do that, but depending on the dice roll, that grenade might blow up in your own hand. <laughs> it might not even make You're it down right. the hole. You are so right. <laughs> uh, I'll explain two more rules that. We'll cover them when they're in, in when it happens, like the specifics. But the general vibe is instead of having hit points in this game, you have what's called harm, and you have seven points of harm that you can take. When you've taken zero harm, you're just fine; nothing's going wrong. However, once you reach four harm, you become unstable, and those wounds will progressively get worse. Yes. There is a line between three for me. So for me, it's the lower? No, that's oh, meaning that is three is good as soon as you take the fourth uh, one. You yeah. pass the line, that fourth one makes you unstable. Okay. And then once you get all seven filled, you're, you're, you're dead. Yeah. That, that's the end. Um, it's not necessarily meaning you're... Actually, no, you're just I mean, out of the mystery. Yeah, like you're still week, it can just be you're dead. Come back next time with a yeah, new character. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> or the, this is modern day. There's modern science. There's also weird science and sci-fi right. things. So there's also ways to bring your character back if you're really attached to the character. Maybe you just got a new prosthetic limb. Your eye may be replaced or something. We can work something out. Um, so that's harm. You do want to stay below four in, in general. Something to keep in mind with that is actually to talk about how kick some ass works. In a lot of games, the players will take a turn and they'll attack a monster, and then the monster will take a turn and they'll attack the players. With Monster of the Week, it happens simultaneously. Oh. If you choose to kick some ass and attack the monster, you're both going to do your harm points to each other. Now, you do have things like armor or different things that can be used to reduce the harm that you take, or depending on the, your roll, if you roll above a 10, you can actually reduce the harm that you take, but you will take harm if you choose to attack a monster. So figuring out other ways to solve problems beforehand might be wise, but sometimes it comes down to you just you just gotta kick some ass. So, yeah, that's something to keep in mind with harm. The other one is luck. You have seven luck points. All, all players do, all hunters do. And you can spend a luck to either decrease a wound you have suffered to zero harm, 
You just took a blow that you just took three harm. It's going to put you over the edge. You don't want to take that. You can use up your luck and say you dodge the attack. You get to narrate how you do that. Um, or you can use the luck point to, after you roll for like a check that you're trying to make, if you fail, you can retroactively change the result to a 12, a full success. You can take charge of the story and say, you know what, this is my character's moment. I want them to succeed. I'm going to use luck. But as your luck dwindles, bad things might happen. Like for the spooky, <laughs> your your flaws, your, uh, my dark side your, your dark side might come out a bit more. So will these, the, the luck, the harm, and stuff like that, will those be carrying over between weeks and sessions? No, the, um, harm... Harm and luck. Between sessions, yeah, both those reset. Those are more of a per yeah, session thing. So feel free to... The long rest free. normally will reset harm points. Mm -hmm. Do you want us to go through um, improvements or history or anything yet? We weren't going to worry about We're those. those. Um, okay. Improvements is part of leveling up. Gotcha. Um, <clears throat> history is fun because it builds up relationships between you. Um, so if eventually, like... Yeah, if we've got consistent players, we're kind of going to develop those relationships anyways. Yeah. So I think that will just happen naturally. Right now, we are colleagues. Mm. Okay, I'm, I've got to introductions. Okay, good to know. Good to know. Do you have any questions for me? I don't think so. Okay. I think when things arise, it'll. Uh, Sweet, yay. Yeah. Okay, great. We already gave the general descriptions, general vibe. Now that you all have your characters, who are all monster hunters and members of Waveco, and we've covered the basics of the game, let's actually play. Let's uh, start your mission. Everyone ready? Yes. Ready to go? Cool. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> Especially because I no longer have a script. It's now just notes of little bullet points. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you three have just completed a previous job. Over the last night, you got a call out in fairly close to here at the University of Utah, out in the avenues of Salt Lake City, there was a possession that happened. Kind of like I alluded to in the beginning, you guys helped exercise a ghost from a poor woman in the middle of the night. And it's kind of normal protocol, you've been left to stake out in front of the building over the night just to make sure it actually took, <laughs> that the ghost doesn't come back. So the three of you are in a typical Utah Mormon family 12-passenger van. <laughs> You've been there taking shifts of sleeping and taking up, taking watch. Um, so all of you are fully rested and you know fully healed up from your previous adventure. Um, and around 10, 11 a.m., we'll, we'll call it 10.30, uh, you get a call from me, your boss at Waveco, over the little van speakerphone type thing. Um, so it rings, you guys pick up, and I let you all know. Let's see. Gerald? Gerald. 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 I'm going to have to write that to Jerry. <laughs> Gerald. I'm writing with a J because that will help me. There you go. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. It is Gerald. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the phone rings. You pick up. Gerald Wilder Mays. There's a new mission for you at the Wilds Emporium. This call, we received a call from Joan, the museum curator. And she wouldn't give many details over the phone, but she's wanted to keep things discreet. But there has been some strange activity going on this morning at the, at the it's called an emporium, but it's really a museum of fantastical creatures and beasts and everything all collected and stuffed and on display. Um, so your task is to go there, 
ask for Joan, be as discreet as possible entering, don't raise any alarms, and Joan will fill you in on it's more like details. He's to raise <laughs> <all> <laughs> he's like, please do <laughs> So, you all take off in your van, you head to where previously the Hogel Zoo was. In this world, the Hogel Zoo didn't do so hot. The Hogel Zoo went on a new management of Joan, who tried to bring in a wider variety of creatures and things to have at the zoo. But problems arose and it got shut down for several years. And now it has been torn down and a giant industrial type building has been built on top of it. And that is now what's known as the Wilds Emporium, which is a museum. So you guys all drive off to there. You see this large, very ugly, gray slate, concrete, boring ass building, not very exciting. You pull up in your van, what would you like to do? I'll kick us off and be the first one out of the car. I mean, go for it. I'm, before this god awful gray building was put up, went to the Hokul Zoo with my family all the time, so. Was it good? Did you have fun or was it? Uh, it was fine, it was the Hokul Zoo. Right? I don't know. Yeah. I'm glad it got replaced. Like, who wants to see a bunch of normal animals? So the three of you strut up a little bit of banter as you go up to the front gates. Um, you ask around just at the front desk of asking for Joan as you were instructed, and they guide you to what is the Wilds of Utah exhibit, where creatures native to Utah are on display. And you can see that the entire area has been blocked off and kind of shut down. Very impromptu, little red, uh, like, line, whatever those calls, little, like the, the fencing, the temporary <laughs> yeah. fencing type stuff has yeah. been brought out and put in front of the doors. Um, I don't know what to call it. I kept trying to say red carpet, but that's the only thing. I mean, we're red carpet to some. Yeah. <laughs> so you're led in, and you enter into the Wilds of Utah exhibit. You see an area that's dedicated to the red rocks of St. George, Hurricane area. You see an area of more the, what's the mountains called? The Uintas? Is that correct? Yeah, Uintas. Yeah. So the Uintas, a little bit more the evergreens, foresty snow. Just kind of a nice panoramic through the different seasons kind of an idea of the various landscapes you might see here in Utah. Nice. And there you see a very anxious pacing around business suit clad Joan who very clearly is the museum curator. Do we want to draw a stick for who's going to actually talk to her? Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, is Joan male, female? Female, she, her. Uh, and she's, how old does she appear to be? Mid-40s. Mid-40s, all right. You say she's pacing. What kind of pacing is it? Like, is it like actual frantic pacing, or is it more of just like in thought pacing? Okay, let's go ahead and have a roll for that. Nice. Um, it's the same roll, so it's either an investigative mystery or a read a bad situation. I'll call it read a bad situation. Okay, it's sharp anyway, so I'm pretty yeah. sure. <laughs> um, oh god, that's the same. Um, that is a 9 minus 1, that is an 8. Okay, so that's a mixed success. So you get a hold 1 which means that you can ask me one of the following questions. 
Okay. You know, I'm going to flip it over to investigate a mystery because it does make sense. The questions make more sense. It's the yeah. same mechanic. Um, so you can ask, like, what happened here? Basically, you're already asking me more about Joan. Actually, right. I actually want to ask what can hurt it. No, I'm joking. Mm -hmm. um, what, <laughs> what can hurt Joan? <laughs> what, what, An untied I mean, shoelace. I have to ask <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so what's going on here? Okay. So Joan does seem anxious, and it does seem genuine that she's pacing around, that she is waiting for you three to arrive, or for these investigators that she has called for to arrive. Um, she is picking up her phone, picking up her walkie, looking through various things and in a frantic state. It seems like she's not happy about what's happened going on here. She have one of those like god-awful belts where you clip your phone in. Yep. <laughs> it, the, the shirt is tucked in and it's right there out, poking out, yeah. You also notice that there are two other figures standing in the room that aren't moving. They're standing in front of an exhibit, a very reminiscent of a salt flat exhibit. They are just standing there looking into the scene. Yeah, really I'm moving. gonna want to check that out, see what those okay. guys are about, see if they've got any like distinctive tattoos or badges. Mm -hmm. um, okay, go ahead and roll me investigate mystery as well. Okay. And you'll add your sharp score. Okay. Eight. Okay, another mixed success. So you get to ask me one of those questions, which basically is, what is going on here uh, with these two people? Does that seem right? Mm-hmm. Okay. More, more specifically, like, who are they? Do I recognize them? Okay. Kind of vibe? They are your standard white tourists. <laughs> they are have their fanny pack out. Oh, okay. They've got... Um, they're not very exciting people. They're very bland. They seem like guests of this emporium, this museum. Okay, so the museum is open right yes. now? Yes. Okay. So the rest of the museum, the other exhibits are currently still open. You, As you walk through, there were guests shuffling in oh. about buying oh, tickets and okay. things. It's specifically just this, the, the Utah exhibit that is closed off, the Wilds of Utah exhibit. But there's still two, what we think are guests in there. Yes, mm -hmm. but as there's you get closer, as you get closer, though, you see that they are completely unmoving. They are frozen in place. One of them has oh. their arm outstretched and then pointing into the exhibit towards, like, a fake rock uh, diorama type thing. They are frozen in place. Oh, yeah, I absolutely poked the cheek. <laughs> <laughs> and as you do that, Joan's like, wait, wait, who are you? What are you doing here? Oh. Don't, please don't touch them. We're from Wave. Oh, finally you guys showed up. Well... What do you guys think? We showed up this morning, normal day, walking around, and I get a call from Phil, the maintenance guy, that there's other guests freaking out, complaining that these two people are standing here unmoving. We quickly shut down the exhibit. We don't know what's going on here. Can you help us out? Yeah, we'll try our best. When exactly did the first guest report that they saw them here? About how long have they been here? They've been here probably close to an hour now. Between the call, we opened at 9, and it was about 10 that we got the call, and now we're pushing towards 11 in the timeline. And, and they came in at opening, or have they been here? We assume so. Okay. We haven't. We, we can look through security footage to see when they arrived. Have you looked at security footage at all? Not yet. We've been a bit scrambled, making sure to close this area off. And it sounds like we also should probably talk to Phil. Himself. Phil. 
By the way, what time is it, would you say? You said 11-ish? 11 now, yeah, between your commute over. And you open at 9? Yes. Okay. However, you guys have very limited access to this museum. We have had some bad press in the past, and we've just finally got things set up again, up and running. We really don't want things to blow out. Do a check to see if I know what they're what she's talking about specifically. Like, sure. what's the bad press? Give me the tea. Um, <laughs> this is just something that you would know, not necessarily a role associated to it. Mm-hmm. The bad press is that she took over the Hoko Zoo and ran to the ground. Of the monsters that she brought in as exhibits, escaped and would kill visitors and guests, and she got full shut down and has restarted with the Emporium as a safer route. Rather than live creatures and monsters, they're all stuffed and fossils and things. Uh, sure. Yeah. yeah. And so the fact that this is happening again really is stressing Joan out. I see. Joan was the one that ran into not Yeah, purposely, not intentionally. Not intentionally. Okay. She seems to have a great passion for this place. However, as you're kind of looking around the, the Wilds of Utah exhibit, she seems have a bit of a disdain for it. She does not like this area, it has been a problem area. She isn't too thrilled that another problem is happening here, it seems like. What used to be here? Uh, this exhibit? The exhibit specifically. What did this exhibit used to be? Um, when it was the Monster Zoo and the Hopal Zoo. For the, the Monster Zoo, this didn't really exist. This Actually, this whole exhibit this is Joan speaking. This whole exhibit is actually a bit of Phil's passion project. I think it's stupid to have an exhibit of Utah native creatures here. We're in Utah, just go look in your backyard. You'll see all the same stuff. But I've got all these other exhibits of wonderful far off places and creatures that we've never seen before. But Phil is just obsessed with the local flora and fauna and I can't understand it. So besides being the maintenance guy, Phil is He's, he's actually been with me the longest. He was here with the zoo as well and has helped rebuild this. He, he's been a long time business partner, essentially. Okay, but he I also will, does maintenance. He's like the head of the maintenance team, okay. yeah. yeah. And I will say also, if you want us to do our best work, we are gonna have to look in places you're probably not gonna be very happy with. That's fine. Um, the problem is here, however. And the main issue is, back to your other question of what was in this exhibit, you look down and you can see a little placard uh, detailing what was displayed. You see a little empty space of where a creature would have been out displayed. Here in real life, the Great Salt Lake is drying up, which is a problem that needs yeah. to be addressed. Um, and in this fantasy world, unfortunately, it has already completely dried up. Oh. It is a salt flat at this point. And this is kind of detailing on the placard that a few years back, in the salt flats, they discovered a creature buried underneath. They unearthed it, and based on its appearance, it's kind of a large, a very large Komodo dragon type thing, but it's got six legs. It's got very rocky exterior skin, and across its back, it had large, you can see like this little drawing on the placard as well of what the creature looked like. There were these large salt crystals that would grow across from its head all the way down its back through its, its long extended tail. And so given its appearance, where it was found, it was named the Salt Basilisk. Nice. Nice. And another interesting thing that they found that's on the placard is that they ran some various tests on it, 
kind of looking through of what this is, trying to discover what kind of family of species it might have fallen into, they found that it actually appears to be a mother, that across its back, all those salt crystals held little embryos of little tiny babies within them. So there used to be this mom on display that is no longer there. Wait, there was a physical... There was a physical... Was it life-size? What they unearthed, the actual thing that they unearthed, the fossils, yeah, oh. has gone missing. Oh. They did make a replica, they put the real thing on display. Yeah. Intelligent. And she kind of backs away from that question of just, you know, we found it, we procured it, and you we found, found it, it here. I mean, that's, Phil has been heavily involved in local creatures and their research and things, and so he was part of the excavation team. Is he's a, he's a bit of a hobbyist, and he he helped us procure it, and it's been and one of his pride and joys here. What did you do with the embryos? Are they were they still well? They were petrified with the main with the mother. They were just still within the salt crystals, okay. not alive either, just fossilized and just still on her back. Back to the bodies. I'm mm -hmm. gonna poke them and like try yeah. to move them, and I'm gonna ask Joe like. How sure are you that this is supernatural? Like, it's only been an hour. This could be, like, an internet prank. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, I'm okay. trying to move them to see if I can, like, if they're movable. Okay. Um, you poke their skin, and even when you did before, there is natural give to it. However, it feels as if all the mus muscles are tense. Okay. So you try to move the arm, but it, it's very, they're fighting against you, essentially. Even though they're not moving, their muscles aren't like activating once you touch them, it's just naturally they are frozen in place. So they are movable, but they are, they've got a charley horse over their so entire like body. Are they, yeah, okay. yeah. Are they uh, breathing though? No. Oh, they're not breathing? No. Great. Okay, my next question is, can you see their eyes like moving at all? Mm. No, they are stationary. They are stationary. They are in a full state of paralysis. No oh. holes either. I'm gonna get, or I can check. Mm -hmm. So this is something that I'm still trying to grapple with between D&D &D and oh, other yeah. games of yeah. like, normally yeah. I would ask you to make a perception, but with this game you kind of, things that you can naturally just observe, you get the information. These are for like more heightened things when rolls come in. Mm -hmm. So you're able to feel a pulse. Okay. It's very, very faint, very, very slow. Okay. It seems like they do have a state of living, and with that the breathing is also just very, very faint, very, very slow. They aren't standing in front of the basilisk. They are. They are. Oh, they are in empty, front of the empty, empty basilisk exhibit. Mm -hmm. One of them is looking down at the sign, eyes up though toward where the other one is pointing of the kind of rock oh. diorama. Uh, can we ask Joan how long the basilisk yeah, fossil is gone? In there? How okay, so. Because when you say basilisk, I'm thinking dinosaur. Yeah, like think triceratops or what are the ones that have like the spikes and the really spiky tail at the end? Yeah, it's in that realm. It's, okay. it's standing like up next horse. to you. Yeah, like your head height is going to be its back height minus, but then the crystals will still protrude beyond that. Mm -hmm. It's got six legs, so three on each side. Fairly long tail. It's, it's a little bit more of a stubby tail. Yeah, you're 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 looking at the little museum diorama on the sign. It's got a little silhouette of a human being standing next to it for the, the size yeah. comparison. Naturally, um, of course, it does. Even even the like footprints that you can see where it was mm. placed, you can kind of get a, a sense for the size. And you were asking how long it's been. How long has it been gone? So then, so Joan goes into another explanation of, well, I didn't really want to report this because thefts can happen. Who am I to know otherwise? Phil's a bit upset over it, but 
it happened this morning. Phil noticed, well, Phil was actually working on, we had a bite of a, a water piping, and you look up at this exhibit, and it, again, this is an ugly industrial building, so the entire roof is just, the scaffolding is exposed, you see the air vents, you see the water lines, like it's all exposed kind of architecture. And we, Joan points up and describes, we had a water pipe burst, and Phil was fixing that up over all through the night. And at some point between that, the basilisk was here at the beginning. After he got it fixed, he looked down, the basilisk was gone. He reported it as a theft to me. I didn't want to deal with insurance issues or things like that, so we didn't think anything of it until these two showed up. And that's why we called. You probably should have called a medical person here first, though. They are, like, barely breathing. Well, um, we hope to keep things discreet. We don't want medical records. I going think two on. people dying would be a little less discreet than medical attention. But if they're breathing, like you just said, they're not dead yet, right? Barely was the key word. Barely alive. I'll take it. Listen, when it comes to blue bloods, they rarely care about people's lives. So insurance is on the line. Look, I have fought and tooth and nail to keep this <laughs> emporium afloat. I will not have it fall down again over some stupid ass news story. That's that's what you're here for. Help cover my ass. I don't want this to fall apart again. I'm good with it, but I'm gonna ask for a little bit more money for keeping all of our mouths closed. What, what are you talking, like 5% bump? 5%? We don't even know what the issue is yet. I'm expecting at least a 7%? half? 7%? Oh, half? I was gonna go to- 50%. Uh, I, mean, I mean, I'd have to look at some finances, mm -hmm. I suppose. I'd have to look at my journalist friends and see what they think about the situation. I think half could be uh, mm -hmm. appropriate. That's what I thought. Okay. okay. Thank you. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. <laughs> she kind of nervously backs away from your group a little bit. <laughs> and, like, noticing that she is talking to monster hunters, that you all are extra normal in and of yourself in some ways. And so she's kind of taking the grasp of, who did I call? Maybe I should have called the medical practitioners like you just said. What have I gotten into? Could I do another investigative mystery yeah. roll? Go ahead and roll plus sharp. A uh, six. A six. So that is a failure, which I believe just means Nothing happens with yep. investigative mystery. You don't gain any further information. Is there any way that I could help? Maybe you actually can. Yeah. You, you actually can. You can take the help out action. So go ahead and roll and add your cool portion. Okay. Or whoever, whatever hunter would like to help out. And so he yeah. since you said it. Whoever's cool. I roll. I have two plus two. I, you do it then because I've okay. got zero. Okay. Roll both then. Yeah, Gerald. Go ahead and roll. <laughs> Gerald. I can't take that information. I got a six as well, including the. Plus two, cool. So that means you're unable to help seven, out. Wait, that, wait, oh. I don't know how to do it. Like we said beforehand. Math in the moment be math. never <laughs> works. Okay, yeah. um, with a seven, your help grants them a plus one, which means because Wilder, you rolled a six, that bumps up to a seven. So that is actually a success. You have a hold one and can ask me one of those questions. Awesome. Um, which are just prompts, you know, they're they're just to spark ideas. Any question you want to ask works. She hasn't been very forthwith with really any information. I want to know what's being concealed here. What is she not telling us? It seems like this basilisk being here on display, the salt basilisk, is illegal. They procured it through illegal oh, means. Absolutely. It's not insured. 
She does not want to go through the legal problems. It's, <laughs> she said it was, and that's why they didn't want to call, but it's not. It being a real thing is probably the biggest red flag. <laughs> <laughs> so she, yes, she is intentionally trying to get you not to poke around too much of help out with what's going on, but she doesn't want to get into legal or financial troubles. That's the most of the extent of what she's hiding from you. You don't get the sense that she's hiding information in terms of the events of what's happened. That seems to be on par with what she just understands and knows. Okay. Could I do a read a bad situation? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Cadge your shark. So that's a nine plus one is 10. Nice, so on a um, 10 plus you get a hold three. So you actually get to ask me three of those questions. Oh. And holds can be cashed in at any time. They have to be kind of okay. relevant to the same situation, but if you want to ask me just like one or two and save one for later, that's that would work as well. Okay. Then the one thing I want to, the one thing I do want to ask is, what's the best? Or, sorry, are there any dangers we haven't noticed? Dangers you haven't noticed. Maybe this is the wrong time to ask that. No, I think that's a great time to ask it. Because okay. having a wild basilisk on the loose. That's is what I'm saying. They're like prints we haven't seen, or yeah. just. So I'll give you, I'm gonna cash in two of your holds because I'm gonna give you two pieces of information with this question, if that's okay. Sounds good. Okay. So one of the dangers that you notice is because you are the professional monster hunter, you've been around, although you haven't heard of a salt basilisk, this seems to have a new spin-off series, what? Genus, <laughs> what is it, the genus and the species yeah. or the yeah. familia? Yeah, it, it seems like one of those, like a branch is. But you have inter inter encountered basilisks before, and so you are familiar with one of their general abilities, which is, like Medusa, if you lock eyes with them, they have mm -hmm. the ability to paralyze you. And so, knowing that, you can assume that's what happened to these two people, which leads you to believe, is this basilisk alive somehow? Yeah. So that's the first part of it. Second part is, you look around in the exhibit, and you do notice footprints from where it was initially stationed to where the tourists are pointing of the rock outcropping, like okay. the, the fake diorama yeah. or whatever. Okay. And it's a salt flat. Uh, yeah, right? so where it is, is next like, to, like it's all flat, but then like it's more the red rocks is what mm -hmm. you see the footprints going to. Yeah, I was gonna say, are there visible footprints then that lead to a certain direction? Right now what you see is, yeah, going behind the red rock diorama. Okay. Um, then you said I had three questions, right? We just took two? Yeah. So the last question I have then, uh, what's the best way to protect them? Or is there anything I can do for the victims right now since they are frozen? Like, okay. Yeah. You know that each type of basculus that you've encountered has a different antitoxin or cure that's used for them. But I haven't encountered So it. one thing that you might know is a standard basculisk, if you damage them and use some of their blood, mm -hmm. that will then unpetrify their victims. So you have a general understanding that there is some sort of, usually a liquid, it's not always a liquid, sometimes it can be different, but there is some sort of substance that will help unparalyze them. Gotcha. However, until you have that antidote equivalent, they are frozen. There hasn't okay. been a cure found outside of it. Um, the cure usually comes from the creatures themselves, or at least something the creatures like, sometimes it's the food that they eat. It's very varied, okay. right? So it's unsure of a precise way, but you know that as long as they're not touched or harmed where they are, they should be fine until you find a way to unparalyze them. Hey, Joan, you said yeah. something about a water pipe bursting? Yeah, it was right up there, kind of pointing above the exhibit. Interesting. 
can we do a little group huddle real quick? Sure. <laughs> she goes off on her walkie-talkie and uh, yeah, protects me. Wanna, <laughs> pretends busy. Say, um, where can we find you if we need you? Uh, she pulls out a business card and hands over uh, her phone number. Okay. I'm a bit scrambled, obviously, with all this going on, but I will pick up. That's where I'm in damage control mode, so. Alright, and then Bill? Where is he? I can give him radio and I can have him come down here and uh, come talk to you. Should we send him our way? We should probably, yeah. yeah send him yeah. our way. While you guys huddle, you hear her go off and start talking to Phil on the walkie talkie. You overhear a little bit of the conversation of. Hey, Phil, the investigators are here. We'd like you to come down. You hear a little marbled response, you know, and there's like, is that water running? Like, what's going on back there? Like, no, no, it's just my my Harmony River that I've got in my office. I'll, I'll be down in a second. Mm. It's the kind of conversation you get. Harmony Rivers are those, like, water features where it's yeah. just the waterfall type thing that you see in okay. dentist's office. And thing. Through the walkie, like, okay. Joan was asking about that, and you overhear their conversation, and she's like, all right, make it down here as soon as you can. Okay. And then you guys can have your huddle. We all that's going on. Okay, so we have a missing basilisk. Basilisk. The, the, yeah, see? He's a so picture. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, no, I got the scale now. Very nice. There you go. Here's the scale. That's actually what That's what the diorama like. looks like, yeah. The artistic rendition. Yes. So the water pipe was the only thing that would have changed before this basilisk disappeared. So this is... I actually... See, that's what caused it to... That's what I was Yeah, see, I, I had a little dream oh. the other night. Um, oh, do tell. I don't know if it's relevant, but it's really kind of freaking me out. It was, it was water, and when the water hit the rocks, the rocks started to grow. I'd say that's pretty relevant. That sounds yeah. strangely familiar. Yeah, okay. We, we, we literally live in a fantasy world. Yeah, like, that's true. But you know what? Like, dreams. And you didn't want to... Stranger okay. than fiction. Uh, so, yeah. Um, so, what's kind of peeving me out is um, Phil. Is that his name? Phil's name is Phil. Running water and a creature that responds to water. I'm not, am I not connecting some dots here? Oh, like, I'm Phil, saying that Phil, did, like, uh, Phil intentionally did this. It's either he intentionally did it or he's hiding it somewhere. So I don't think calling Phil over here is a very good idea. Are you guys talking about me? You can oh. see from behind a little short halfling old man balding on top, little bolt, uh, little rim of hair around nice. the sides, big popped out ears as this. Phil, the maintenance guy, walks into the exhibit like, you guys called her down? This is a gnome? Uh, a little halfling. Halfling, yeah. okay. So. I don't believe I can say hobbit because I think that's yeah, more... It's it, but it's the equivalent. It's yeah. ho- the halfling. Me, isn't it Frodo and Bilbo's birthday? It <laughs> is. Today is Frodo and Bilbo's birthday. Hey, and <laughs> yeah, and it's also my three-year anniversary when I came out to my parents. Of, yeah. I came out on Frodo and Bilbo's birthday. So yeah. Congrats. What was I talking about? Oh, yeah, so Phil comes out. Phil's approaching um, and coming to you guys. Are you calling for me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're trying to fi- um, fix your basilisk problem. Yeah, I, I miss her. I, that's one of my favorite exhibits here, and I really want to know where she went. Do you have any, loot, any clues, any leads? That's what we kind of wanted to ask you. Yeah. I mean, you just... We heard from Joan that you just love this fossil, so... I yeah, do. if you love him so much, do you know... 
possible location where they would want to go? Want to go? I mean, it's a fossil. It's not going anywhere. I mean, I, mean, I was here fixing the wall. shows otherwise that it up and left. What, what do you mean? It's I'm, okay, though. We're monster hunters here. Yeah. A, a little basilisk getting out isn't that big of a deal. We just kind of need to know where it is. I mean, that's... I thought that's what you're here for. I don't know. I was fixing the water pipe. It was there when I got here, and it was gone after I fixed it. Like, I don't know where it went. I don't know what you're talking about. I, uh, I pull my revolver. Out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. I, yeah, I was trying, I was trying to do a little manipulate like, someone. Okay. Look, oh, Phil, we, we just yeah. want to get this taken care of as quickly as possible. I need you to cut the bullshit and okay. uh, just tell us straight so we can get this solved as quickly as possible and get out of here. Okay, I'm going to call that a help out action from Gerald and a manipulate someone from Maze. Okay, so then... So you roll your help out first, because that might give you a bonus. That's a 4 plus 1 sharp. Uh, cool for help out. Oh, oh cool hell yeah. Is that plus 2 That's, for you? Yeah, so 6 here. Okay, so then I roll mine and add plus 6. Uh, no, so with the 6, that's a failure. Your help doesn't necessarily help out with, with Maze's <laughs> roll, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, just under the barrier, but... Okay, so then so your roll is normal. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> um, seven. Okay. Okay, so that's okay. A, okay. yeah, that's pretty decent. So the description is they'll do it, but only if you do something for them right now to show that you mean it. Look, regardless of whether the basilisk up and walked away, we want to make sure that people stay safe, including the basilisk. Okay, as long as you keep the basilisk safe. As long as it didn't hurt nobody, we have no business hurting it. We just need a tiny bit of blood to save these people. Well, that sounds like you're gonna like you're gonna try to harm it. Okay. Do you call people I'm, who go to blood drives or doctors harming people? And you've seen how prick. big the thing is and how small. She's a beauty. We, we just need she like is. a little prick to like you know have a little swing for the two people over there. Otherwise, they're gonna die, and that's gonna mean that the basilisk is going to be gone forever. Now look. We need you to work with us to work with you. And once you work with us, chances are that if things go well, my return to its natural habitat. I mean, her natural habitat's a bit destroyed, I think, with the oh, yeah. lake drying up. But, I mean, I suppose I could show you. What... I mean, freedom's better than captivity. Do you really want what's best for this basilisk? Well, of course I do. And from the distance across the hallway, the doorway that Phil entered in, you hear a scream call out. And Phil kind of starts, looks out, doesn't know what's going on. I think we're done with Phil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm immediately walking that way. Yeah, okay. we, just, we stop the conversation. Go on. Don't hurt her! And you guys all rush off yeah, towards yeah. the scream. Okay. <laughs> what do we see when we get there? Like, okay. Do we yeah, following the screen like where people are running away and where you're, you're going to where they're running away from. Yeah, you go off towards a hallway that leads from this exhibit off to what is the, the Wilds of the Ocean exhibit. And as you enter in, you see a woman, arm outstretched, hand in front of her mouth, paralyzed, frozen. You follow her eye line and pointed finger and you see that it's going back behind a a tank that well, like one of the exhibits and you want to pursue down well real quick okay for basilisks is mm -hmm. it direct eye contact is it like if we're wearing glasses we're good like what do we you understand it to be eye to eye contact okay is when they're able to paralyze does anyone have any glasses <laughs> do we need some sort of eye protection before we uh keep going 
anything on me. Well, because I mean, I have like my phone, I can look at it through a camera, but I was just yeah. gonna keep my head down, not okay. like directly, like side eyeing things all the yeah. time, okay. more so than I do already. Yeah. Okay, so you cautiously approach, averting your gaze as best you can. Yeah. Before that, I would like to use my tune-in okay. move. Uh, you can attune your mind to a monster or a minion. Ooh, nice. It's a weird roll. Go ahead and make that roll for me, then. And I think I can do it without seeing her, because... You're weird. Like You've got this... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a seven. A seven, so that means you get a hold one. So, um, where's the creature right now? What is it planning? Who is it going to attack next? Who's the biggest threat? What does it regard as its biggest threat? Lack of water. Okay. And you get the general sense that there is not a large form that you're getting the sense from, but a little, little, little bit of a smaller form that you're getting a vibe from from around this tank. Um, you're getting the sense that it desperately wants water, and it is trying to find as much water as it can. It fears not having it. That's its biggest threat. Can, is Phil still around, or did we like fully leave him? You, when you started to take off, he's no longer with you. He didn't follow yeah. behind. Okay. He has vanished. Okay. I think we need to try to find out how to, if there's an access to the sewer system, or like whatever large body of water the local zoo is taking, or is taking its water from, mm -hmm. we need to find a way to get the basilisk there so it's not in the reach of people and also large amounts of water. Okay. Do we, should we contact Joan? We do have our number. We do. Uh, just closing the facility. Oh. There's been a water break. Which we could start breaking things. <laughs> you You've got a nice tank in front of you. It's full of water and fake fish that are hung up around it inside of it. Like, oh, there's not even real fish. Yeah, because they're it's now a museum, and oh. they can't. They don't have anything like living, I or at least they didn't think they had anything living. <laughs> just, yeah, all. Uh, one of you wanna, Gerald? You have some big like guns on you, don't you? <laughs> it's not really responsible, but what else can we do? Mm -hmm. Um, I'm good with that. In terms of just breaking stuff to close the exhibit. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'll, well, that being said, we need Joan to at least hear. We don't know where she is right now. Yeah, I was gonna say, do, which one of you wants to give give her a call? I'm good to give her a call. Okay. Hey, Joan. Shoot <laughs> <laughs> the glass. <laughs> hey, Joan. It's time for you to close this. <laughs> yeah, it's not no, your close thunder. The <laughs> yeah. Dial. Hey, Joan. Look, yeah. I got a really nice looking pistol here and we are having a little bit of problems trying to get this animal this monster under control i think it would be very helpful if we close down the museum for everyone's safety that being said i know how weird you are about all of this i don't want a big story breaking out and this is exactly why we don't want to we don't want a big story we need everything closed you can say it's a water break like i said i got this pistol i'm not afraid to I see that nice looking mannequin thing over there of whatever dumb animal you guys have made up. I'm looking straight between sides right now. I mean, I'll take, I'll, I'll pay for the damaged tank over this story, so I'll, I'll call the evacuation notice. That's what I thought. And so, do you take the shot as well? No. I'm not. Okay. Like, yeah, go for it. I think we need to get the lady who's in the exhibit out of the okay. exhibit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a girl. The, the one who's frozen. Who, who found the <laughs> Pointing behind her. The basket yeah, found right. her. <laughs> yeah. We just pick her up and put her up out here. 
And as you're doing that, you're moving them across the hall back to where it was, um, and you start going back towards, yeah. I assume you're gonna wanna follow the trail of where she was pointing. Okay. So you're back in that room, sirens start to go off, and you know, please make, make your way as calmly as possible to the nearest exit. <laughs> Just emergency <laughs> <laughs> evacuation, but okay. No, she's trying to keep it a little bit calm, like, you know, so a, kid, a, a kid peed in the pool. We've got to clean it out. It's kind of <laughs> as casual as possible. <laughs> code brown. Yeah, code, code brown. brown. <laughs> um, real quick, are there fire sprinklers? Yes. There are. Yeah. Okay, that's another way we can lure it out, is fire sprinklers. That will probably... Or what are those called, officially? Yeah, I think, like, the fire extinguishing sprinklers that are yeah. in the roof systems. It's a, I think that would be a good way to lure it out. Then again, it depends on also, you know, I want to make sure that there's no replacement fees from this thing. What's going to cost more money, us destroying the one tank or turning on the fire sprinklers that's going to turn on for the entire museum? That is fair. Fire sprinklers. Fire sprinklers? Yeah. I was going to say fire sprinklers. I can use magic. Hmm? Yeah, we could probably use magic to block off something and keep it contained to this room. For the fire, though, I don't know how contained I can keep it. Have to roll and find out. <laughs> I was gonna say, wouldn't the fire alarm, if we just pulled the fire alarm, oh, that's so it would just set them off. Hmm? We don't need to fire anything. Well, that's not fun. <laughs> but yeah, we should probably just pull the fire alarm. <laughs> Metal. Does anybody have a cigarette on you or a twig or something you can uh, light up and burn underneath as well? Kind of. I'd assume I've probably got yeah. six on me. Okay, yeah. You unroll it from your sleeve. Take, no, that's a little more greaser vibe than a yeah. punk vibe. <laughs> yeah. I, they're in my pocket. Yeah. Or, no, I'm so sorry. They're in my uh, metal case. Oh, yeah. Pop open. It's got a little clip got over it. it. Yeah. Pull them out. Pull one out. Pre-rolled, you light it up under, take take a little puff maybe, yeah. and light it up under the fire alarms and... Bombs away. Yeah, the sprinklers activate and start showering throughout the entire exhibit. And you start to hear some weird sounds coming from where the woman was pointing back behind that tank, starting to emerge. It's kind of a low, gravelly, rock slide kind of a sound. I start to approach, but I look directly like at my feet. Okay. Like I'm just walking towards the sound. Is there, real quick, can I take a look and see if there's anything to like capture this thing with? Like ropes, encasement, another display? That, some of you might have gear on you from different I mean, you are monster hunter, so you are prepped of like some ropes and some bindings and stuff that you would have. Um, in terms of in the area, you've got those temporary gates, the fencing type stuff. You can kind of unspool one of those and use that to wrap around. Mm -hmm. um, it, it'd be improvised materials. Okay. Do you approach towards the, you said, Wilder, you're starting to walk forward, but eyes yep. down. Yep, just looking at my feet. Okay, and you see, not rocky, craggy, basketless feet, but you just see humanoid feet, just someone standing there. You start to gently raise your vision up and you see someone frozen up against the glass and you see in their throat this, they're, they're you know, an average weighted person for their height and build, that, but they've got this massive, massive throat that is just pushing out and, and the seems very abnormal, abnormal and they are frozen. They are frozen. And you can see that even though that the water, the sprinkler is now raining over the body, you can see the skin has dried and is starting to crack, and their entire body is kind of just shriveling. Uh, I'm gonna read about 
Okay. That's still a mixed success, so yeah. you get to hold yeah. one. So you get to ask me one question. Um, what's the best way to protect the victims? Or, like, nobody asked that, so. I don't think there's any way to protect him as a Yeah. Um, uh, yeah I mean, it's a man pushed up against the. What's. What have I not. Like, what dangers have we. Like, because we don't know where the basilisks are yet. We see. You're kind of understanding that. Perhaps this wasn't the mama. The fact that you got a little small vibe of what the monster was fearing, you see the throat continue to expand and from it burst forward a little tiny baby basilisk that burst through the the jaw and throat of this poor man pushed up against the glass. That's horrific. Falling onto the ground a bit roly-poly-like, just curled up and then falls down. There's this little tiny basilisk right in front of you, but you see as it was expanding in the man's throat, and now with the sprinklers expanding, it starts to rapidly grow, sprinting through adolescence into teenage years. Uh, and is there anything we can do to stop it? Like, can I throw my jacket on it or something? Oh, I guess it's too big now. I probably don't want to stop it. Let's make it scare, like, yeah. be scared of us. I mean, it's already scared. I At this point, it's skittering across the ground, and just rolling around in the water across the floor. Do you have a net? Or you said your jacket? I was going to say, let's just throw, yeah. jacket, throw something. Is it, how big is it now? Because yeah. adolescent-wise, I'm assuming it's still decent. In the throat, it was probably the size of like a football as it popped out. At this point, it's watermelon growing up to... Okay, then yeah, let's throw the jacket over it. Yeah, let's throw the jacket okay. over it. Well, we, That's, I guess, a big watermelon. It, yeah, sustain it down so that he... It's, it's, it's going to be scared, but... Okay. I'm going to call this a kick some ass move. Um, okay. I'll help. Okay, go ahead and roll a help out action as well. And add your cool. And then for the kick some ass, you get to roll your tough. Tough, okay. So I that's... can't. <laughs> <Two. laughs> and that's plus two. Okay. I don't think the help out will... Because it only had a plus one. So unfortunately... As you move towards this little baby basilisk, you're looking right at it. It peeks a look right up at you, and you suffer two harm. Oh, I don't freeze, though. Well, you start to feel your body lock up into place. Your muscles start to tense and strain and hurt, but you are still able to move. Um, however, if you get past three or four harm, something else might change. But for now, you just feel yourself intense pain rocket through your your body all your muscles are tensed up and in, in, in pain and and then i look away does that go away or do i still feel it like you still feel the pain you feel the the tension but it, you're no longer looking right at it yeah one thing i'm going to do then real quick since i'm already based half dying <laughs> <laughs> i do have a knife that would be perfect for grabbing some blood i was just about to would you guys like to take that just in case? I've got. I also. Have oh, I've a knife. only got a good. I've got two guns and a bat. <laughs> Unless you guys have a knife. I have a knife. Okay, so we're good. Also, I was gonna say, there's no saving this guy with his throat. Oh no. Oh no, he's dead. He's been hit. I would also. So that's one casualty. I would also like to kick some ass, but only to nick the baby just a little bit with okay. my knife. So the roll kind of determined how well you're able to angle the shot. Uh, without harming it too much, kind of an idea, yeah. a non-lethal approach. And then, I don't know if 
you'll let me do this. But one of my moves is the big whammy where I like I can use my powers for to kick some ass. Okay. My weird roll. Yeah. So if there's any way that like. So instead of tough, you can use weird, mm -hmm. and then you can flavor how you'd like to use the dagger based on yeah. your powers. Awesome. Because I think I just want to be like I want to use my powers to be a little more quick. Okay. That's my thing. Just Which doesn't really seem to eat. Nice. And that'll be enough blood. That's what I'm hoping. <laughs> that is a seven. Okay. Okay. So that is a mixed success. Yeah. You are able to. Are you going in with the dagger yourself, or using like telekinetic type thing, or are you up with the the dagger up to the creature? I'm like the dagger up to the creature. Okay. I'm like trying to. I'm going for its tail. Okay. Almost. So like, is there any way for me to help at all? Um. I don't think it passed the threshold. Yeah. So you got okay. the mixed success. Um, so you take the knife, and I'll say you're going on lethal best you can, but this is a little tiny creature. It's oh. still still forming. So you cut the tail, but you chop it clean off. Okay. It yeah. is in the lizard family. It may grow back. Who knows? But to be fair, yeah. that's probably so, better for us. <laughs> <laughs> so you actually see, as you cut the tail off, you have it kind of still within around in your hand, blood kind of coming out of it that you are trying to keep and harvest because you've got this lead that it can be an antidote. I'm just gonna pick it up and rub it on Joel's hand. Like, just, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say, since I have the expertise in this, I do grab the tail from her and start running over to the lady that we left. Okay. To at least get her out of here. So you rub the, the blood smattering onto Gerald and you feel the relief on your muscles start to relax and tension and you go forward and you start running off. And you even still see that the little basilisk left there is rapidly growing and actually healing with the water just constantly spraying over its tail a little little nub like uh, Deadpool or kind of it, it was <laughs> pain, it was in pain though yeah it felt pain okay, because it, felt pain. it yeah it, it took a wound but it does didn't necessarily it didn't kill it as yeah. it was your intention and so it's rapidly healing then okay. again does Phil know about the baby he might he knows. I mean well, he doesn't know it's born yet mm -hmm. do we do you want to take the risk and just That's what I'm curious about, because it, we can see that it still is going to do damage and harm. Yeah, and we've tried capturing it, we can't. We've tried capturing it. But we put it in, like, Tupperware. Key the Tupperware. Tupperware. We could find some. No, so, I'm joking. At this um, point, he, at, like, the little baby is one of those little... Egg, dinosaur egg things that you put in the water and yeah. they expand <laughs> into the, into the, the <laughs> dinosaur shape. Just keep it a little Tupperware bit. My that we have to tell Mama. And if we show up, okay. with, if we haven't found Mama with a baby corpse, <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's a good way to get some of the blood onto the woman and back in, even into the other room, mm -hmm. splatter on. It's not an instant as it was with oh. you, but they do start moving, they start breathing, their pulse returns a bit me? normal. They become okay. responsive. And I do tell them, once you are recovered, get the hell out of here. Okay, they seem to acknowledge that and have that intent. And so you rapidly do that and rejoin the group as you're debating kind of what to do with this baby as it's now probably, I don't know. Not a baby. Uh, <laughs> That's a good dog comparison. Oh. Uh, great Dane? Not quite Great Dane yet. Like I'd say Golden Retriever Lab, oh, okay. just an average okay. middle-sized dog at this point. Okay. Okay. 
Gerald, is because Phil would still be in that area, right? As you went through that area, he was not still standing there. Okay. And the <laughs> sprinters are running through the whole building, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, and that's wrapped around. In the interest of time, right. would you want to keep the baby alive or try to damage it? You want to try to capture it? That's what I've been trying to well, figure out. Was, I want to find something to cover it and to keep it contained. Well, it was just yeah. born, and what do babies do when they're first born? They try to go find their mom, so yeah. we should just follow uh, the baby. Follow. Okay. okay. So you do just that, and yeah. you see that where the baby actually came from, you see kind of broken through the doorway where it first came in, uh, it starts going back through there. And you see it kind of dips down a bit. It's kind of like an amusement park. They've got underground access tunnels for maintenance and stuff. And it follows along and actually leads to the maintenance office where Phil's main office is. And mm -hmm. you see that there is a hose that has been led into the office. Water is just constantly spilling out from the room. You enter in and find the wonderful sight of Phil becoming a, a midwife. Oh. Uh, currently there with the Mama Basculus, using the hose to keep it alive, keep it from drying out, and helping to pop these little embryos so out. <laughs> I'm going to take my knife and cut the hose where we're at so that he okay. no longer has access to that. Yeah, you Should pinch I it off, give it a quick <laughs> quick cut, yeah. and he, he like, what the hell? And just turns around, <laughs> sees you all there at the door with you holding the hose, throwing it behind you. Yeah, he's seems a bit perturbed by your guys' entrance, but what would your intent be to try and keep the mom alive, keep the births going? It seems as though the process of birth is damaging to the mother. The mother is giving her own life form to the babies, and so throughout this process, she's kind of going through a natural death. Okay. Um, however, if you were to let her dry out, it seems like it, she might return to the petrified state herself. Because Joan does not care about this exhibit. She doesn't no. care about getting She just doesn't want bad press. Okay. Phil? Yeah? <laughs> you can't keep her here. Buddy. But but she's mine. I, I found her. That's, that's fine. See, I, don't, I, I just need her gone from here. Okay. So we need to let her dry out again. She needs to go back to being a fossil. But she, she needs water. For... But yes. she came back, didn't she? I guess. I'm saying you need to take her to an actual lake. This isn't good for her. She she needs to die out in nature, not in a lake? weird maintenance room. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. I mean, Bear Lake is still okay, still Lake's around, and so the <laughs> 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 Great Salt Lake is, is is fucked, but Bear Lake is fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does Mom Basilis seem hostile at all? She seems. Kind of, she seems docile. She's now, right? lying down on her side, like she's going through the process of giving birth and also this natural death process of okay. how they work. Um, kind of like a wolf spider a, where they carry all the babies on their yeah, back. I'm like she's kind of her back is to us, right? Because that's where the embryos were. That was my next question. Yeah. Is this like, are they popping out of the crystals, like daisies? or Not that they, fast. Like Phil yeah. was kind of using targeted water hosing off a crystal at a time, and then that would pop out an embryo, um, but it seems like there was the one that you saw that's now rolling around in the, the Harmony uh -huh. River, and one other that's currently rather small. One other, and then how many more yeah. possibly coming out? Several dozen. 
Oh, oh. okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, like like two dozen, not several dozen, but like two dozen. Yeah, I was what just going to say, how easy would it be to steal one? Like there's there's currently a little little tiny guy just sitting at the bottom of the Harmony River, just basking, just trying to get a little shower going on. Like, like, is there an egg, like, like an embryo that hasn't that hasn't some more of the crystal? Yeah, on the the tail, like on the tail, there's smaller and smaller crystals from the back. So if you you could go over there and try to break one off. Okay. Nice. I, I want to like party pet. I'd be able to just like go over to Phil and be like, "Look at her, she's like dying," and like mm. petting her. She needs to be in nature, and then like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you you casually keep Phil distracted, and you break off a piece successfully, and yeah, kind of like, pocket it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. I'm all for preserving life, and natural death, and birth, and all this, but one, its natural habitat is destroyed. There's really nothing we can do for this poor creature except for just let it either one die or return to being a fossil. I totally agree. My thing is more of just like if she dies here, there's like 20 babies that we have to deal with. If she dies out there, that's somebody else's problem. Are the eggs, like can we tell that they're alive? Yeah, it seems like the in general, this creature needs water to survive. Okay. Even though it is a rock and made of salt, it's kind of contradictory, but like that's what it becomes. It becomes a rock and salt if it doesn't have water. That's its lifeblood. Uh -huh. And so if you take that away, it will probably just return to that petrified state it was in. And the babies will stay dozen, embryos. Yeah, the couple dozen embryos, they're good right now because their yeah. water source has gotten cut off. Yeah, because Phil was like taking the hose and just holding over one salt crystal until it popped out and okay. then... So if he, no, because he cut off his water line, he, that's no longer happening, so they, they still seem frozen and safe. Okay, so then maybe we just take the eggs, keep them safe, take them to where, to headquarters, essentially. Yeah. parents are already dead, yeah. Okay. Mama's not making it. I, I mean, I can call the agency, I think, and ask yeah. them if they can do that. Is that something that I assume. Yeah. Okay. You give me a call and... Yeah. So yeah, I'm dealing with the agency. Mm -hmm. Basically, I'm just like, hey, look, we've dealt with the original problem. The the big monster is dead. That being said, it was pregnant. We got a couple dozen embryos here. Oh, lovely. Um, we've done our part. Would you mind sending someone to pick them up? Do you want us to take them to you? How do, how do we go about this from here? We've got a cap uh, a capture and retrieve team that we can send out, and so seems like a mission well done. The museum, all the people have, seem to be safe and taken and care of out of danger. Except for that one guy. We okay. already yeah. did some damage control. Oh, yeah. Okay. There's, our, there's one casualty. All right. I, I'm horrible. so sorry. I feel like we keep going back. Only one egg has... Uh, two, two have hatched. Two have hatched. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, we know where the one, one that is. you were following, and Where's then the, the other one. Do the other one was in the one? little, little uh, the, the Harmony River. Like, do you fountain. want to take it? Okay, yeah. so the, <laughs> oh, we're yeah. all in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All our okay. account. Yeah. I'm making sure that the door is closed. We're keeping an eye on the two yeah. little ones and Phil. Okay. He, he's he's I'm he's like, been there just like Phil. Go go into the corner. He's been like petting one of the babies. Absolutely. Cradling in his hands. You're so precious. <laughs> what do we do about Phil, though? Uh, I think Phil, once we get all the babies, we let her refossilize, and Phil can go on a nice long vacation somewhere far, far so away okay. to deal with whatever she is. <laughs> <laughs> well, if she's a fossil and she's already dead, she's it's not just dead no yet, father. though, right? All her babies aren't born. <laughs> she's well, not dead, she's dying. 
she she will it seems like she will die if she keeps giving birth if if we okay. fossilize her though and maybe remove the embryos then and then you take her. Across that sounds like a state you problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking. All right. Is yeah. we fossilize her. Yeah. Take the embryos that we can. I'll take. I'll keep this little fella as well if that's okay. No. 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 All right. I'll, I'll keep just the mama. <laughs> <laughs> and Phil, just I guess I'm kind of confused here. Uh, you know, like if you look at it, you're frozen. You're dead. Like. You're aware of the risks here before. Yeah, I kind of realized that when I saw the two tourists right. kind of get okay. and And you're still good with this. I mean, I didn't think that far in the future when I, I started up the, hooking up the water line, but... Uh, Did you know that hooking up the water line would well, petrify You figured it out I, after the pipe. Yeah, and you kind of look around in his office, and he's got a bunch of books of research. Like, this is his passion project, and so he kind of... He put the pieces okay. together of water seemed to revitalize her, and so he's just... Trial and error. I'll try to sprinkle with water, keep her alive. That caused one of the embryos to hatch, and he just didn't think of the consequences. He was in keep this creature alive mode and okay. unleash little babies out into the world. <laughs> Since we are we coming to the executive decision is that we're repetrifying the mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, we take the babies. If we're we're in like an office office, mm -hmm. right? Can I look around and see if there's like a space heater? Uh yeah. Sure. It, it's it's fall time. Winter is oh, approaching, is and Phil's an older gentleman. He's got <laughs> a space heater under his desk for his legs that get cold because is the draft also, is always there. Is yeah. there also like an AC control unit in that room? Or yeah, yeah. Turn that up. It would be like not just that room, but general area okay. and stuff. And so yeah, you can yeah. put a space heater up. Grab the space heater, turn it on. Yeah. Blast. <laughs> just kind of hold it. In. Like I'm blow drying this thing. Yeah. <laughs> this is not what they tell you monster hunting is when you first sign up. Yeah. <laughs> So you guys, for the interest of time, re-petrify the, the mother. You keep the little embryo that you've got stashed away into your pocket. Does anybody else know that I got it? Yeah, can I, can I like, do a perception check to see if she stole that? <laughs> like, does anybody know I don't really stole care. one? <laughs> I think it'd be, a, it'd be plus sharp. <laughs> read Just a bad like situation. Read a bad situation. Okay. That thinking. is what it is. Yeah. Okay. Is this a bad thing for Wilder to have and keep? <laughs> yeah. Eight. Eight. So you, yeah, I think you do notice it of... But do you care? <laughs> Not necessarily. Oh, oh, real quick, how old are you? 20. Oh, okay. Oh, that makes... Okay. All right. Um, and we've known each other a while, right? You've been on some missions and jobs together. I trust you. Thank you. I'm not, I, 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 cl I clock that you grabbed it. I'm not saying that's it. Mm. So. <laughs> I mean, what are you guys doing? <laughs> no, I'm just I mean, it easily. I clock in. I clock in. As long as it doesn't, as long as it doesn't. Like, that means I'm getting paid for another job. You know? <laughs> like rain. There you go. Um, you step outside and rain clouds. Plus, 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 over the plus a basilisk could come in handy in the future. Um, we just need here's to a question. buy a really good pair of sunglasses. So, like, if I put it in like a small Tupperware container and fill it with a little bit of water, would it just grow to the size? Is it like a bonsai tree? Or is it like <laughs> Is it like an animal? Make sure to poke holes in it so we can breathe. I mean the main dilemma is it needs water to live. Otherwise it'll become petrified. And so they go to they go to they grow to the size of their living environment. Like so, so you can keep it alive with constant like, water, like but it water balance. it's always gone. Yeah. <laughs> it's like growing in the freezer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One year at a time. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> cold water stream. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you guys 
called in the reinforcements. They come in to help take care of the rest of the problem. You guys get your nice paycheck. You can talk to Joan to get our bonus. Yeah, Joan works out with the officials and you get that 50% bump up in pay. Gerald yeah. pockets 25% of that, lets you two, two split the other 25%, perhaps. I did the negotiating. I was yeah. myself. I, I had a yeah. I did so much work. <laughs> but yeah, job well done. Cycle of life continues, whether, you know, it's not an extinction, there's chance for life to continue on, whether that's a helpful or safe life to continue on, we'll see in the future. But for now, the crisis is over, the Emporium is safe, Joan has some legal problems to deal with, she couldn't avoid entirely, but as best she could. Yeah, uh, she'll deal with it. Phil is happy to have had this experience, to have become a midwife, and to <laughs> have this wonderful experience. Um, and you all get a nice paycheck and successful mission. Hope that was fun and entertaining. It was a rather was short and simple yeah. adventure, so I hope it was still... It was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll go ahead and call the session there. Thank you all for listening and joining. I hope the chaos made sense and followed the little theater of mind that we had. A little bit of fumbling around on <laughs> rules and things, but that's why we're that's why we're playing, so we can yeah. learn and kind of continue on. So make yeah. sure to like follow our socials with Geekwave. Uh, we got TikTok, Instagram. Uh, mm -hmm. Make sure to check out our website if you're curious in games, movie reviews, anime reviews, stuff like that. And, and that's yeah. where you'll see most of Jackson and Caitlin's work. And again, to kind of shout out Portia underscore J for your yeah. shop and stuff. You've got commissions and things going on, okay. so. I love character design. Give yeah. me your craziest characters. Let's oh bring God. them to life. Yeah. Cool. So thank you all for joining. Thanks for listening. This was, again, Poor Unfortunate Roles with Geekwave, and we'll see you next time.